What if I told you that you could help solve the hospitality recruitment crisis with just £10? You'd say, shut up, take my money, wouldn't you? Well, that's exactly what a new initiative called Hospitality Rising is going to do. Between now and May the 12th, we are raising £5 million to fund the biggest hospitality recruitment advertising campaign that the UK and beyond has ever seen. We want to double the amount of people who would consider working in hospitality. Think army, be the best, but for hospitality. All we need from you is £10 per employee that you have in your business and together we can stop this recruitment crisis forever. Go to hospitalityrising.org now to find out how you can help today and don't forget to tell your HR team and your CEO. Supersonic! 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 Supersonic. Supersonic. From Supersonic Inc., this is the Mark McSee Supersonic Marketing Podcast. The rocket fuel podcast for food, drink and hospitality businesses everywhere. Listen up, tell all your friends and share with your colleagues. Every single episode is packed full of tips, tricks and advice on how you can make your brand boom. Hi, are you still using a trunk system to manage your tips? Well, if you are, you're working way, way, way too hard. Tipjar is HMRC cleared and uses tech to enable your customers to tip your staff directly. Find out more at wearetipjar.com. Join the tipping revolution. A creative agency for the hospitality sector, Saved by Robots create compelling brands and memorable experiences through great design and engaging storytelling. From Scottish Restaurant of the Year Sugar Boat to Tip Jar, the digital tipping platform that's taken over the world, Saved by Robots excel at bringing ideas to life. As well as developing new concepts and refreshing existing brands, the robots provide outsourced graphic design to help multi-site operators grow with confidence. Check out their work and get in touch at savedbyrobots.com. So it's Friday afternoon and I've actually quite a nice day today. Not a diary like a barcode, but I've had a few meetings about hospitality rising, a couple of client things, but just a nice relaxed end to the week because I've got the next hour and a bit with two of my favourite people on planet Earth. Those favourite people are Vic Bannum and Matt Hux. Vic and Matt are ludicrously talented, devastatingly effective, and one of the best agencies I've ever had the pleasure to work with in the last 20 years. They started a TikTok-only specialist agency. We've had Vic on before, but she was in another guise then, and I really wanted to get them on because TikTok is the biggest thing. It's the biggest thing that everyone has questions about. It's the biggest thing that marketers are scared of. They don't quite know how to approach it, handle it. It's almost like being faced with a wild boar or a lion. They're not quite sure what to do. So today, we're going to dispel all the myths. We're going to make it easy. We're going to talk about how the guys approached it. We're going to talk about all the do's and don'ts for TikTok. We're going to talk about their business and how wildly successful they've been Two, you know, 24-year-olds just ripping up the world. It's just amazing to see. And, of course, we're going to talk about us working together and the success we had with one of my favourite clients in the world, Buzzworks, up in Scotland. Just sure record it. record this time. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right, didn't we? I forgot, didn't we? Or uh, didn't we? Didn't we? I? 
<laughs> Didn't I? Recording in progress. So I'll do my wee cheesy intro and then we'll, we'll, we'll go for it, yeah? Beautiful. Sounds good. Cool. So it gives me the most double trouble to some TikTok devastatingly effective pleasure ever to introduce my good friends, Vic Barnum and Matt Hux from Antler Social. Thank you. Woo, I think it's almost like a Steve Wright in the afternoon. Woo, yeah. Like, try saying that sentence <laughs> when you've had a couple of beverages. My God. Yeah, yeah. I was busking it there. I was busking it. And how are we doing Friday afternoon? Sun shining? Yeah. It's yeah. all good. It is all good. I mean, it's gone incredibly fast. I don't know how it's Friday. Like last week felt like it lasted a year. Yeah. This week's lasted about an hour. And it's so. March next week. Stop. Stop it. Like, no. <laughs> that's, that's a good thing, isn't it? We're closing down on Q1. It's so finished. Yeah. <laughs> um, but also, I saw, um, I think it was Daniel Clifford today, the chef, posting the first asparagus spear. Oh. From his uh, no. farm, and it was like, no. oh, spring is here. Oh, no. we're going to see ducklings soon. I'm not. Yeah, really yeah. Sure. <laughs> ducklings <laughs> and asparagus on a plate. <laughs> so, how have you been? Yeah, good. Everything okay? Tired constantly, but yeah. busy, which is good. Good news. So, yeah. Are you getting <laughs> sleep? What's going on? Not no. At all. <laughs> <laughs> Just red bull. Matt definitely doesn't sleep. I'm getting, plenty, I'm getting plenty of sleep. I don't know about you. It's the only one thing keeping me up is you texting me about eleven. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing about this? What's going on? Yeah. Is, is that with a drink in hand or uh, no? Just it's adrenaline. I'm in bed, like half asleep, and I'm like, oh, I need to think about that. I so, need yeah. to throw this monkey at Matt. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Oh, that's what, nice. What my problem? My problems are Matt's problems. <laughs> mm, I don't know if Matt feels the same about that. He's my therapist. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, tell us firstly about Antler Social. Uh, do we say Antler Social? Or we say Antler. Yeah. yeah. Antler Social is the official name, but yeah. Antler's a bit more, you know, a little bit more bougie. So yeah, bougie, bougie, bougie. Right. So, uh, tell us about Antler, and then we'll, we'll we'll go back a wee bit. So, what the hell is it? Go, on, Matt. It's such a yeah. great word, by and and also Vic, I've seen you use that in a LinkedIn uh, approach to someone. The word "spiel," yeah. Oh, I, permanent word. In I enjoyed project. it, and I thought that's a good use of that word. Great, yeah, glad. well done. <laughs> I think Vic, Vic, Vic's two most used phrases are spiel and brain fart. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you didn't see that, you didn't see the second one, yeah. Brain farts are constant, and people <laughs> laugh, and I'm like, I don't know why that's funny, but fine, <laughs> be serious or whatever. <laughs> Go on, Matt. Right, Matthew. Sure, so we're on the social, we're a TikTok first marketing agency. Um, Vic and I started it in September 2021. Um, we just figured that. You know, there's a real gap in the space. Brands know that they want to be on TikTok. They know that they should be on TikTok. But the main problem is they don't know where to start or sometimes even why they should be on the platform. Um, and so we figured that we'd be the best people placed to, to help them with that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's kind of been a roller coaster since then. We've just been working on various different campaigns with some great clients um, and just learning about starting a business, really, which has been yeah. a mental journey in itself. Um but it's been in the, I think from Vic's point of view anyway, it's been in the pipeline for quite a long time. So I'll, I'll let you go into <laughs> your, background, your background, Vic. The grand well, yeah, plan. so I, I obviously did the, the podcast with Mark, what was it, like two years ago? It must have been about yeah, two years ago. something now. like that. Yeah, it was, it was still, it was lockdown-y. It was, it was, because yeah. I moved into London. So yeah, mm. it was just as I'd moved. Um, so yeah, like 
happy to be back. Yes, hello. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Um, but yeah, so I've been on TikTok for like six and a half years now. Um, I was on it back when it was musically. So before TikTok phrase was even a figment of our brains. And I started when there was a bunch of like nine to 13 year olds just lip syncing and dancing around. Um, and I created like beauty, makeup, um, as you can tell, yeah. <laughs> art stuff, like all the artistic side of like, you know, creating content I was doing. Um, so I built my channel within a year to a million and it was an amazing journey, like so much fun. I learned so much. I'd never made a video in my life and I just started and I was like, I'm just going to see what happens. And you were what age? Um, 16? What age were you? Uh, 17, 17, yep. 18, like that. Yeah. So, uh, old on the platform, but young enough to still be able to like pick up stuff quickly. Yeah. Granny. Um, yep. So yeah, and then it got to the point where I was working for TikTok. So I worked for them for a short period of time where I was running their own TikTok channel and their Instagram. So had a bit of an insight as to like how they worked and, you know, understanding from an internal perspective what they're after. And, and obviously from an outside perspective was working with a lot of creators. So I felt like I had a really good, well-rounded perspective. Um, so yeah, then I was like thinking to myself, I'm really, I feel like TikTok is ready now for brands and, you know, collaboration and advertising, whatever. Mm-hmm but I want to do something externally to help push it to that level. Um, I didn't want to work obviously as a creator anymore. Like for myself, it's quite a lonely atmosphere after a while. And I didn't really want to work for the platform. I felt like there was a big opportunity outside. Um, so I started for jungle creations, which is where I met Sir Matthew. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was their TikTok manager for two years. I started and they had 150,000 followers. And um, by the time I left, which was like two day, two years to the, to the day, um, we had 2 million followers across seven different verticals, um, it was an amazing time, but yeah, like Matt said, it was just, you know, the train of TikTok was going at hundred miles an hour and we just decided, you know, this is the time to really, really maximize the opportunity on TikTok whilst it is still an infant, you know, platform, mm-hmm. but it exploded over coronavirus. So that's really what pushed us. Um, and yeah, it's a really scary one to just take the plunge, but we just thought, fuck it, right? Might as well. What's, what's the harm? You know, we're 24, just do it. Super yeah. Fast. Yeah, I mean, it's a big leap. And I think in the last podcast, when we were, and by the way, I don't have guests back very much. So, you know, it's, it's you know, you must have been all right because I, I don't, uh, I, I really don't. It's just to try and keep it fresh, you know. But I think <laughs> um, with, you know, TikTok and, and you know, coronavirus and, and all these things, it really just did kind of go through the roof. And I think what I'm finding is when I'm speaking to clients is the gap between being able to do it yourself from Instagram to TikTok is gargantuan. Mm. And I'm just seeing so many people dabbling and it's rubbish, you know? Dabbling, you can't dabble. Like Mm. it's just not something you can do. If you want to make it something, be that as a creator or as a brand, dabbling is such a waste of time. You've got Mm. to commit. But like, you're so right, right? Like it exploded during coronavirus. I think the first quarter of 2022, when coronavirus was a thing in the Western world, um, TikTok had 350 million downloads. It's like one of the most downloaded platforms in a quarter ever. Mm. Um, it grew from being a 10 to 16 age demographic platform to now an 18 to 24 peak platform. Like it's just completely changed the game. Um, and I think platforms were obviously paying attention to it before, like Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat. But since coronavirus, like it's really been like, oh, we should probably pay attention because mm. this is this is the real deal. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what's exciting. Like we've watched the journey for such a long time and seeing it, you know, pave its way. And now it's really owning that space. So I think it's a, I think it's cool. Yeah. I also think COVID had quite a big part to play in the way that the content on TikTok has kind of grown a lot since then. Cause I literally remember the start of lockdown and that was like peak 
TikTok dances and stuff. I remember my flatmates doing dances like every week doing it. And then you fast forward to the end of, of kind of lockdown and all that sort of stuff. And it's, it has become its own beast to the point, yeah, now all other platforms, Instagram, Snapchat, um, YouTube, all have their own versions of TikTok now. And yeah. like creating content for TikTok is, like, is very much its own thing. It's not just, yeah, the, the demographics grow and the content's changed. Um, and it's just its whole other thing now. Yeah. Well, I was watching a Louis Theroux um, documentary last night all about Florida rap. And um, did you see That's it? A great, it's a brilliant documentary. Yeah, it was really cool. Uh, but in part of it, it was one of the wee fellas talking about TikTok. And yeah. basically, Louis says, you know, loaded question, but how important is social media? And the wee manager guy, I think he was maybe around your age is like 24 or something and then basically he was saying completely but the thing i thought was great and it's something alice and avocados talked about so much as well as this sort of thumb scrolling thumb stopping content so instead of you just doing a tiktok for what you think you should be doing i thought it was just a great point from him which was flick through see what you stop at unpick that and then sort of copy that i think he was sort of talking about you know, is, is that a good approach? Yeah, a hundred percent. So, you know, the whole the whole platform is, you know, not the whole platform, but the main USP is Gen Z, right? Like Gen Z is solely on TikTok. You can't really access them on Facebook, what you can't access them on Facebook. It's difficult to access them effectively on Instagram, but mm. TikTok is an absolute like gold mine of Gen Z. Like it's so hard to try and create a piece of content that you think Gen Z might like if you're not you know, well-versed in how we are and how we communicate and how we consume. And the whole beginning of our journey, whenever we're starting with clients or creating a piece of content is what would I want to consume? Mm. So it's not so much an opinion, but it's like from a wider scale of my demographic, what will they want? What will me and my friends, what will we consume? Because at the end of the day, we are the target audience. So it's all well and good listening to a 50 year old who's been in the, in the agency world for a long time. I completely respect that opinion, mm. but you can't really make up content from Gen Z. You've got to consume it. Yeah. You've got to accept that that's how people communicate. It, it like, might not even be, it might not even be just like whole content formats. It's just little nuances like that. We, we spend hours and hours talking about tone of voice and captions and just like, just tweaking like wordage, like can have a huge difference. It could be the difference between your content getting 10 K views and a million views. Like, so what, what's the example of that then? And, and also we should talk about, Vic's latest video on tone of voice, which made me cry slightly, but <laughs> we'll talk about that in a second. So what, what are you thinking, Matt, then? So is there an example that, you know, the way to word one thing or not word it? Not necessarily 100% on wording, but in terms of like com commercialized content mm. or content that feels over commercialized, like McVitie's is one account that we talked about recently, which is well, they seem to have done it. Like they've put these bars down the sides, which has like McVitie's branding. There's the logo in the bottom corner and it just kind of feels like, it feels like an advert. Mm. Um, whereas you compare that to the go-to, which is Ryanair, which is just like, if you didn't know that was a, a brand or branded account, you'd be like, this is brilliant. Like I just watch this. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's, it's just entertaining content with, and then because they've built up that audience, they can now drip feed in the more brand messaging, the more, you know, the commercialized side of it, but it's, it's got to be content first at the end of the day. And is that the nugget that it's at the end of the day, is it entertainment that you're going after? Is that the number one thing or is it, or is there a few different sort of verticals within? 
there's a few different ones. I mean, there's a, I can't remember what it was. There's, there's like four fundamental things people go on to TikTok for mm. it was like entertainment, discovery, um, community feel, education. I think one of the other ones and edu- education yeah. you know, might be the fourth. Um, so as long as you're tapping into at least one, potentially multiple across your kind of content verticals, then you're onto a winner. It's not about just spreading your message for the sake of it. It's you've got to do it with a purpose, you know? Yeah. And Mark, just to catch up with you as well, because obviously we've heard Vic's story, yours, his story is interesting too. So you Where? met, at, <laughs> <laughs> but you met at Jungle. So you were a kissogram and then what happened? No, you weren't a kissogram. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what, so before Jungle, what were you doing before that? Um, oh, it depends how far back. I've just realised I've said kissogram. You probably don't know what a kissogram is. No, I do. It's like a male stri- a, a safe male stripper. <laughs> oh my god! Maybe that's ne- Matt's next job. Yeah. I might kick him out of Antler and send yeah, him yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. It's the way to get new business. Just send him to people's offices and do a little dance. And yeah, sorry, Matt, we're we're, we're <laughs> deviling you here and all that. Anyway, so get that image out your head. Um, so, <laughs> so before Jungle, what were you doing? So. After, I'll go back to like just after sixth form, went and did a media production degree at Bournemouth, which was great. I thought I wanted to get into like film and TV and content and that side mm. of stuff. And then out of that, I kind of randomly got a um, sort of slightly corporate-ish um, like grad scheme thing for Merlin. The oh, was company. you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Did you did you work with Emma Woods? Was Emma there? Sure, I'm not sure. Ah, really she, she was a marketing been, director for a while, yeah. I was in their IT projects team uh-huh. um, installing, you know, new, I don't know, like tills and stuff into theme parks. It was very weird. Um, but I just think I just saw that as a cool opportunity. It seemed like a cool job mm. um, and jumped into that. And then after a while I realized, yeah, this isn't really a bit of me. So when I wanted to use my like degree to some, you know, some sort of sense and then went and joined a, a really tiny app startup in Windsor, which was fun. It was like a, an app, which was like guess the song. Um, oh that's, that's cool and my job was to go through all of the you know the now cds like now that's what i call music yes go through all i've of got them. i've got some on vinyl over yeah, behind me. Vinyls. yeah. <laughs> big fan yeah. um go through all of them upload them into a spreadsheet essentially and just enter the metadata for every song into the back end of the app <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, lisa stansfield um, bananarama yeah all that good stuff yeah i added a lot of songs into my spotify playlist as a result (laughs) um and then yeah after that yeah an opportunity came up at jungle to work as originally a youtube video editor they were just launching into youtube as they were predominantly facebook before that um and yeah then joined there and kind of became the youtube guy (laughs) youtube you're still sort of youtube guy to me in a way that uh, that's i i yeah, I bothered you on holiday, I think, the other day, asking a question about YouTube. But um, but yeah, but I've kind of got... Because again, although you're doing TikTok and it's TikTok first and you're being, you know, I think the amount of disrespect that's paid to YouTube, like people have still not wrapped their head around, especially in hospitality. It's the second biggest social media channel. The thing I would say about it, though, is it's probably the most... It's the furthest away from TikTok you're going to get. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Social on like a spectrum of, you know, networking and connectivity (laughs) like Twitter compared to YouTube. Long for 
people go on there to watch three hour podcasts. It's like yeah, yeah. very different beast. And I think Are we going for the record today? Are we going for three? Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it's 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 tricky, you know, but I, I think just having that skill set and that knowledge. Oh, I know we were talking about Peppa Pig videos, weren't we? That's what I asked you a question yeah. about. Yeah. Peppa Pig videos for charity. But um but I think um I think from that point of view, um it's it's great knowledge to have. And I think TikTok is new, well, not new, but new to a lot of people and it's untapped. YouTube is old and that's completely untapped. And then when you look at the searches for how to boil an egg, how to, you know, cook a steak, how you're just like, why are you not there? You know, like the hospitality brands, you're just like, come on, you know, just try and get in the mix, you know. But just what you're saying about music there, I was, I was listening to radio this morning and there's a new game coming back on Radio X, which is guess five songs in 20 seconds nice so you get like the intro i'm dying to be on it i think i could do it but you get 20 grand if you got all five you get 20 grand put it together and then we can split it through yeah yeah, yeah. you can just shout in the back (laughs) matt Matt can be with metadata (laughs) i think you'll find that was in now 75 um so uh yeah that would be cool that'd be cool so talk me through tiktok uh, as a new client so let's say you've not been on tiktok yet as a brand you've seen it admired it it's on the second page of your phone not your home page of your phone <sighs> that kind of stuff and you're comfortable with reels because you're old um and all that stuff so what do you do let's say we're working for i don't know pizza pilgrims let's say i think they're actually on it but um where do you start? What's the 101? Oh my God. Um, okay. Well, if it was coming to us, we would start by assessing the community. So who's on there? Who creators, brands, competitors, people talking about it? What's the conversation? So how many views are there on relevant hashtags? Even something as like broad as hashtag pizza or hashtag pizza pilgrims, like seeing what that general conversation is and what the organic load is at the moment. Um, And then we find a niche within that. And how can we have a slice of that conversation? Um, So, you know, thinking up formats that reflect TikTok. So like we were talking about, the tone of voice is so important. So working out ways that we can jump on board that tone of voice. So, you know, using things like POVs and, you know, having a slightly tongue in cheek, potentially a little bit, uh, you know, cheeky ways of communicating with your audience and replying to comments. Um, you know, assessing how that can be and how you can come across as a brand and then fleshing out those those formats. So is there ways you can do engagement tactics like replying to comments in videos or is there live streams that can be done? Is there, um, you know, is trends that are kicking off? What are example trends that we could look at and how could we have used them? Mm. So that's kind of how we how we go into it. And I think, to be honest, I think my um way of going at it is the exact same as it was two years ago when I was on this podcast I don't think I'll be saying anything particularly groundbreakingly different to that which was take it back down to basics like don't go into it thinking it's a monetized platform because it's not Mm. so people go into Facebook and go right we're going to create a piece of content that can be monetized and that has to be three minutes and it can't be swearing and it has to be this go to TikTok thinking how can I get monetized but thinking of monetization as followers or views or growth yeah so see that as the value like it was back in the day. Um, see that growth as the value because eventually when it does get monetized, you'll be way ahead of the game than you are if you don't and you go onto it just because it's monetized, you know? 
then you'll have a much more loyal audience who are way more in, inclined to listen to your sell than if you just join for monetization. I think people will see through it. So yeah. And, and, what, and what do you think, shooting from the hip, what would the first post be? What would you What would you do? Grab your phone and do what? You're in I'd the restaurant. I'd do a trend. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. So how? Hundred So you community would... is so powerful on TikTok, and if you if you shy away from that, you're shooting yourself in the foot. Mm-hmm. So you want to get involved in the community as fast as possible. Be in, involved in those exact same conversations. So you know we've been talking to clients who have a three month brand deal, a three month TikTok launch. And um, they're going, we want to create a trend. And I'm like, don't. Wow. <laughs> it's, just, it's not worth it when there's a community who are doing trends and speaking and acting in a way that people already love to consume. So why are you trying to do something outside of that? Mm. You're going to be over here by yourself when everyone's over here enjoying that one thing. So get involved in that and you'll create a much better foundation for you to be able to start creating that trend or whatever that might look like yeah. over a longer period of time. Because, you know, the world and TikTok is, is, is a totally organic place. These trends come out of an organic, like, fester. So you can't control that as a brand straight off the bat. You've got to get involved. And, you yeah. know, shying away from that is a real problem. So that, that's something that we really have to hone in in the early stages of working with clients. And Matt, you hear me talk about it all the time. But it's like, trust us. The community is the most powerful as- asset of TikTok yeah. you could ever have. It's insane. Well, you know, just thinking about that as well, the... I'd like to start a trend. Is that, is that, that's basically the, I'd like to go viral brief, isn't it? Exactly. You know, it's madness. Have people not learned that that's not how it, it works? Happen. It doesn't happen. And if you try and be different, you're going to have an even longer way to go to grow an audience because it kind of comes off in a way of like, I know the platform better yeah. and I want to do something better when actually people are already consuming stuff that they, they love. Yeah. And it, even if it's super simple, it might just be, you know, a lip sync to a sound that's hashtagging, like trending at the moment, get involved in that. Like it doesn't harm your brand. It does so much for your brand. Like people, people see Ryanair, for example, we've had conversations where people are like, Ryanair might be cheapening their brand by doing what they're doing. And I'm like, are they? I think they're absolutely exploding. It's not getting any cheaper to go. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, but people see, that tone like. people see that relaxation and treating it like a user as a, as a weakness. Whereas I'm like, that is the biggest, biggest win you could ever have mm. is winning over an audience organically by just getting involved in the community. It's, it's amazing. And then once you get to that certain level, then you have the power to start trending. Like Ryanair do, can we get all of the... Uh, account managers of business channels commenting. And then mm. all of a sudden, Xbox, McDonald's, Gymshark, Ryanair, uh, Virgin Atlantic, like all of these other places are commenting just because Ryanair have got that power. Yeah. So they didn't have that straight off the bat. They grew off the back of the community and now they have that control. Yeah. So it's a pretty fascinating journey, but it's not, it's, it's a patience game as well. Patience and consistency, for sure. It's, it's really interesting because, I mean, there's a few things in that. I was reading about um, the Ting Tings, the band <laughs> yeah. so um they are uh you know they've had a resurgence through they're you know one of the songs going you know that's not my name and they just kind of disappeared into obscurity but you know this oh, i think they're actually behind the scenes now writing songs for people so it's quite funny that something you know that you think's lost in time can can just come up but they, but on the viral thing i was thinking about football chants the other day right and i was wondering See if there's a new football song in a stadium for a new player. Who comes up with that? So it's the equivalent of you coming up with a new football song, 
that then half a stadium will sing. And that must be unicorn stuff for you to, you know what I mean? It's like, it's such a, I, yeah, I don't know how that happens, but I I, th- I think there's a the audacity of clients going, I've been on this for two minutes and I'm going to brief you and probably haggle the price and pay you less than I should. And, uh, and you're going to take over TikTok. I mean, it's madness. It doesn't happen like that. But you're, it's right. Like, I think an even better example than the Ting Tings is during lockdown, a guy from, I think it was Cambodia or somewhere like that, was skateboarding down a street with a bottle of Ocean Way cranberry mm. juice, singing at the top of his lungs a Fleetwood Mac song. That's right, yeah. Overnight, it went viral. And within the same week, it was back in the top 40 out of nowhere, just because this one bloke was singing. He then got a brand deal with Ocean Way. He was on like Ellen, I think. Like he just yeah. became a sensation because of this one video of him just living his best life. So the power it holds is nuts. And any song you hear on the radio, easily has you know originated from tiktok now and urine infections went down by you know 300 percent as well everyone (laughs) drinking the cranberry juice as well which was you know a nice health benefit off the back of it as well (laughs) yeah exactly yeah it was great it was great and just thinking about tiktok matt as well you know why does it matter you know what do you see when you're in front of a client because we get it all the time and the start that stops people in their tracks or seems to be for me when i'm talking about it now is this is now the most visited website in the world and it has been for the last year. Now do you take it seriously, you know? So, I mean, in terms of hospitality clients or, or B2B businesses as well, what, what are you saying to them in, in, when you're in front of them? There's a couple of different things there. I think, first of all, yeah, the, the, the user base point is you can't really ignore it. As we said earlier, you know, if you want to, get mass exposure that's the best place for it i think the algorithm is built in a way as well that suits um it suits creativity and it suits um the ability to potentially go viral i know we've just talked about how you don't want to go in assuming you can just make a piece of content and it will fly off straight away but that does happen on tiktok more so than any other platform at the moment so it does reward um creativity and also rewards consistency um but in terms of like why i think a brand is should be on it. I think it's a really cool opportunity for brands to show their authentic side a bit more. Mm-hmm. Like the whole point about the whole feel about TikTok is kind of just having a bit of fun with it, showing who you are, not taking it too seriously. Like I said, I'm going to, if I'm going to compare this to YouTube, for example, you know, you TikTok, you don't need to do a, to buy a full grand camera to then do a two day shoot to then produce a 30 minute piece of content. Like you can just get involved, start going and like, it could be anything. You don't have to come up with, you don't have to reinvent the wheel, come up with a new content series, just get involved with the community and, you know, just get, it's an easy way to get your name out there. It's an easy way to tell people what you're about, a bit of brand personality. Um, there's almost too many reasons why to, yeah. to get on. The bigger question is why wouldn't you, to be honest? Yeah. But then if people say, oh, it's all kids, isn't it? You know, and the latest stats from, TikTok that I saw were quite old, which still which actually backs up that argument a bit. Have you seen anything that's moving moving up a bit in terms of the the genre, the yeah, the sort of demographics? Yeah, it, I can't remember what the exact stat was, but it, it really wasn't that far away from maybe being like 60-40 between um one side being Gen Z and the other obviously being everyone else. Yeah. Um so like obviously we bang on about the fact that it's the home of Gen Z and that's the the main demographic there, but you know, there's still 40%. There's a big chunk of people there that are using it for yeah. 
whatever they want it's just it's just a content hub at the end of the day like it's mm. not age specific mm. anyone if your target audience doesn't have to be you know 16 year olds or 18 year olds it can be older people it can be whoever your brand wants to speak to it's just being clever with the content and working out what does that what does that demographic go to tiktok for what are they watching who are they engaging with and then just go from there yeah and then what about um sort of buzzworks then so we've worked together with the pleasure of working together and we will do many more times hopefully soon but we were client number two i think we just got picked to the post i mean officially yes but actually yeah. you started working with us before i think i'd even left my you even started store. yeah yeah we so, weren't even registered and we'd started working oh, was it? We were like, we'll just see a client one go on yeah well, well I, I think we'll talk to you know the success of it but i think what I would say to anyone listening that's in the position I was in, you know, so if you're a head of marketing or, a, you know, CMO or whatever it is, then this is the time when I had an old boss called Simon Thompson and he now runs a post office. And he brilliantly said one of the days in one of his speeches, I went to see him speaking about, uh, you know, how to manage your teams and things like that. And he said, sometimes you've just got to trust your agency. Like, with when you hire someone hire great people and get out of their way you know and of course you're there to put the handbrake on now and again or you know that's fine but mainly what's the point in hiring them and you know telling them what to do and you know it's cliched and you know people talk about this stuff but that really landed with me you know and this was the time first time i think that I didn't know deep enough about it that I had opinions and I had to light the touch paper and step back, you know? So we'll talk us through that then. So the brief was we need under 30s in the west of Scotland and the east of Scotland to work in these fabulous, you know, restaurants, pubs, bars, um, you know, we're short of front of house mainly. So what happened from there then? <laughs> um well i mean you came to us and just said what do we do um and we put together a campaign which was uh in terms of attitude replicating how people act on the platform so short sharp witty quick attention span little effort was a whole like minimum brief mm. um we built out a hashtag i need a job an unofficial hashtag, but a hashtag that people could use as a hub. Um, which was oh, like actually, a, actually, yeah. we should go back, and then you can, I can, you can tell me why I was wrong, which is a good thing. So, from, oh yeah, no, right. So our, the original idea, I think, I came to you with, and you're like, yeah, granddad, was <laughs> could you? So instead of doing a CV, because like the HR process is fucked, right? Uh, you know, it is not fit for purpose. It's been the same since God was a kid. <laughs> and we need to change it, right? And and actually, once we've done Hospitality Rise and Touchwood, I'm going after that. I'm, you know, I, I want to change the HR process. You're changing the world. Well, I just, well, it's just crap, right? You need to change it. <laughs> so it's just old-fashioned. So from there, um, I said, instead of doing a CV, and this came from Alison at uh, Buzzworks, by the way, you know, one of the founders who's great with ideas and that. And she said, can we make it fun? You know, can we, you know? So I was like, well, could we do a wee video? You know, could we say that's your CV? And I was thinking, you know, we, we'll trend. No, I wasn't really. But <laughs> I just thought, we'll do a CV. And then you went, 
stop, <laughs> no. Um, and then I think it was good to get to get the pushback. So I think it was at that point I was like, right, you're in the driving seat. You you know you crack on. So so then you said we need to make it easier. And then yeah, you can tell yeah, the thing I mean, about I need the a job. Thing with trying to get people to make a video is incredibly hard. Like mm. that's a commitment from their side. Um, you know, they might not have the time. They might see it and be like, I want a job, but I can't really be asked to make a video. Like that is a tall order. Um, so yeah, we were like, let's simplify it. Like people do want a job. doesn't mean they're lazy. It just means that that's not how they're going to use the platform. So we worked with eight of the top creators in Scotland. We worked with Steve McKell, who has like over 3 million followers. We worked with Paige Turley, who was more of a household name. So we kind of got that medium, like that, you know, that middle ground between us wanting purely TikTok and the client wanting some people that are a little bit more, you know, well-known outside of the TikTok space. And I think it's a great, it's a great choice to have a balance. Mm. Um, and we said, here's the different verticals. We've got food, we've got atmosphere and we've got comedy. Let's make these different videos and they can be literal. They can be really a hard sell of like, you need a job, go get one. Um, they can be, look at this amazing place. There was such amazing food. And by the way, there's some jobs going. Um, and yeah, we just created a, a system where people create the videos. Um, I think our favorite one across the board was Steve McKell, um, who's a very, very good friend of mine. He's such a great egg. He's so funny. Good to work with. So good to work with. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he created a format that fit within his overall general organic content, which was if you've got a friend that's always broke, send this to them. Um, and we gave him complete creative control. We just said, here are the touch points that you need to reference. But for the most part, live your best life. Like, you know what's going to fly on your channel. I'm not going to try and pigeonhole you. Um, it's not going to work that way. And he created a video and it got over a million views. He was 38% conversion rate. It was unbelievable. Mm. And then what audience had to do was comment either I need a job on the comments and then we'd manually go through and DM them. Um, or they just clicked the link and did a two-step application process, which was just their name and an email address. And that was their application. So super simple and unbelievably effective. But there was a great part in the campaign. Mm. In fact, I, Matt, I think you should talk over this, but it was the first week where Mark came to us and was like, applications aren't going as, as well as they can. I said, this that, is shit. No, I never, I never really. No, but it, was, it was the best thing that could have happened. And I think like you said about us just having pushback, like having that honest conversation just being like, this isn't going to the expectation. Yeah. Perfect. We can make those changes rather than, looking in hindsight and being like, well, I did think, but I didn't think to say. So Matt, I don't know if you want to talk over that moment because it was amazing. Yeah, you were excellent. Yeah, sure. I mean, it was the whole point of doing this whole campaign, right, was job application. Applying for a job is quite a tedious, long-winded process. No one likes doing it. I don't know about you, but applying for job applications is my least favourite thing Ooh. ever. Um, so the whole reason we're going to TikTok is obviously to try and the, the audience is there, the people we want to attract, but also we want to make it, fun and seamless and easy and so yeah you came to us and said we're getting the clicks through but people then aren't converting we're like okay what what does the application page look like you click through we look at the application page there's about 100 different things you've got to fill out yeah. in order to do it i'm like is this information necessary Dog, right now? dog's name and say leg yeah there's a lot yeah yeah <laughs> and it's not saying that like you know that information doesn't need to come at a later date, like sure. But going back to your point about kind of reforming the way HR processes work around this, maybe mm. I think that was a great opportunity for us to be like, right, well, what's the necessary information we need right now? A name and an email address. It doesn't feel in intrusive. Like mm. people warm it more willing to give out that information, clicking through an ad and it's just done. It takes two seconds. Um, and then from that, that's when 
application. I remember the, the weekend after we made it's that. So change. good. That was huge. Uh, th- there was a, just a massive spike yeah. on. Office. I haven't changed oh, anything else, thing. and it was just such a kind of relief in one part, mm. <laughs> but it just got us really excited about our, that seeing the idea come to life. Because also, bear in mind, this was our first campaign that we were doing like we really appreciate it <laughs> you knew what you were doing it's fine we, we, knew what we, were doing, but like we were appreciative of the fact that you you you'd gone with us and as you said like you kind of let us take the reins a bit yeah. um and it was just such a great moment to see it kind of coming off and and having the effect that we envisioned yeah. well it was that it was that definition definition of insanity thing it's like there was no point in us doing the same thing over and over and over like we had to do something brave we had to do something different and having a client like Kenny Blair at Buzzworks and, and obviously everyone else that's there is a joy because he's quite techy he likes new stuff but also he backs you and he's he sees it he's going what's the point in us just doing the same old thing again we're only going to get what we got and if this fails we'll have learned something and actually we got PR out of it you know on, on top of that you know um where it was like, you know, this uh, forward thinking Scottish companies, you know, using TikTok for recruitment. And so, you know, we, we got all that. So in terms of the results then and, and the things that happened. So there was chat about HR, the HR team having to go seven days a week and maybe even like shifts and all this to, because letting someone wait a day, two days on social is unforgivable. You know, it's it's quick responses, you know. Second thing is, we ended up having a waiting list at a few of the venues, and we still do. <laughs> um, everyone that we hired through TikTok is still there. No one that's has right. bounced. Only found that out the other day. It's great. So that's oh yeah, that's real. That really gave me goosebumps. I was so oh pleased with God, that. I'm gonna start crying. Uh, yeah, I was. I, I was honestly, yeah, I couldn't believe it. Oh. Um, and then uh, we were nine, well, nine hundred applications, right? I think, I think the the, I think the target was seven fifty. I think we just got under nine hundred. So, you know, from that area, it was just like wow, you know. So, you know, and then there was a classic bit, you know, just to kind of finish it off that that you, by the way, did a very good, um, you know, post campaign analysis report, and you got a standing ovation, and I've never <laughs> done that. Or felt like a campaign ever, you know, and I've, I've done a few. So um, either most of them have been bad or, um, or or this one was exceptionally good, you know, which I, I think it was the latter. So I'm thankful for it. I think people are looking to what we did and, and taking cues from it. And I think everyone, and that's, that's for a niche, you know, below the line type thing, you know, that's not even to drive sales or, you know, so we haven't even got into the power of that yet. Something I don't understand right now, and we were talking about this before, A, can you name 10 outstanding social media agencies in the UK? I can't, I mean, you don't have to comment, but I can't. That would be, you know, suitable for, for, for hospitality. You know, the most of the big ones, the great ones are too, too expensive. And then also, you know, from from that, you know, TikTok perspective, I'm amazed that so many social media agencies have literally drawn the line under Instagram. And they've just went, we, we're we not going anywhere near TikTok. And I can't a, fathom it. There was a mad conversation that I think we had in the early stages, Matt, I don't know if you remember, but um, somebody said to us, we want to get on TikTok now because we know that in the next couple of years, 
uh, Instagram is going to die. So we need to get get ahead of the game and like kind of build ourselves the next base. So yeah, it's just really interesting how people are how people are going towards it. And I think it's been such like a, a quick scramble as well. It feels like such a scrap to get some like limelight on TikTok across the brand world yeah. because everyone's seen the power of it so quickly and then in such a short space of time. So everyone's like, fuck, <laughs> yeah. need to get on it now. Yeah. And I think um I think f- from yourselves, like Wagamama, if you like, I think you're in a category of one here. Which is really exciting. There's not many that, that are doing that. So uh, you know, I, I think it is quite incredible because the way it seems to me is most brands are now paying lip service stroke phoning in Facebook. And although there's still a huge opportunity with Facebook, they're, they're kind of not balling their ass. They know all eyes are on Instagram, but they're all doing the same thing on Instagram. Here's a dish. Here's a table. Here's an empty venue. Here's this. Here's that. You know, same old crap. They're dabbling in reels because it feels safer but it's not really having much effect. Twitter, most of them are staying away from because they're scared of it. <laughs> um, because, it, you know, it's quite treacherous at times. Oh, I love Twitter. Oh, it's one of my yeah. favourites. I think it is my favourite, actually. I um, think so too. And then uh, LinkedIn, they, I don't know, but don't really understand it. They don't. And then they've got TikTok they're staying away from. So basically now, hospitality social is pretty much an Instagram play. And most brands are doing the same thing on it. So something's got to change there, you know. And, and I think my brief for some of my clients now that I'm working on is how can we have standout social? And part of that's going to be changing the game on Insta, but also, you know, we're already getting too late for TikTok. Do you feel like it's in a bit of a transitional period? I think it'll take it's a while. I, th- I think it'll take a while before the majority of, of hospitality brands are on TikTok and on TikTok well. The interesting thing as well is when you then give examples of who's doing it well on TikTok, so you talk about Ryanair, you talk about Toby Carvery and all these things, they'll go, well, that's not my brand. And it's like, that's not the point. The point is, A, you know, that they're doing it well, you can learn something from it. And B is, the reason they're doing it well is they've became unbranded in a way. They've completely just taking the brand Nazis and the brand police out, out of the whole thing. So it might be worth talking about your um, your uh, wee video about the tone of voice thing as well. You know, I think that was such an important point. But, you know, I saw that the other day and I was a bit like, damn it, she's right. But also <laughs> I was a bit like, Shh, you know, don't say that too. Like, that's what I get paid for. Um, so, <laughs> so, yeah, so it'd be good, good to just touch on that. Yeah, I just think that tone of voice is such a thing that goes around brands and they and they have handbags and I completely get and I'm not taking away from the importance of that because I think it's really important that brands have that image and and that like per, if you're building a person like they're building what that exact brand looks like do you do you really to, believe that no 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 I do I do for the most part <laughs> that's what your video gonna, says my video does because I'm trying to put it lightly so I don't offend you <laughs> for the most part I think it's great because when you're yeah. working in a, a big you know company I think it's great for people to have that like cohesion and that sense of purpose and the vision and I think all of that stuff is absolutely imperative however I think tone of voice in terms of what the brand looks like online across social media I think it's I think it's dangerous to put yourself in a pigeonhole for the sake of what the overall brand looks like rather than finding a cohesive level that is replicated across so 
even if it's like we use the same filter on every single platform, like that is not going to be detrimental as to even like you were saying before, Mark, we're not using emojis. Like, why are you doing that? That's a terrible decision. That is a, such an important way that people put emotion across in their content. And it's usually used for comedic purposes. And I think. But you don't, line, you don't think that cheapens the brand? No, absolutely not. I, this cheapening the brand thing is going to have to go. <laughs> it's just the most painful. It's such a painful phrase, but I do understand it from a brand perspective. So I can see it from both sides. But from what we're trying to say is, if you want to grow a presence, you're going to have to loosen those shackles just a little bit so you can become part of that community. And yes, there might be do's and don'ts from a brand perspective. So you like, you know, have that image overall. But putting that in terms of a tone of voice or phrases we don't use or emojis or, I don't know, we don't talk about things that go on in TikTok. Like, why are you chopping off such a massive part mm. of social for such a tiny thing that's really just ego, isn't it? At the end of the day, like, it's a vision. Sorry, Mark. It really is. No, 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 no. I'm a green <laughs> I'm a green monkey. It's um, not terribly Buddhist. You know, I think, you know, you need to have that detachment. And, you know, ego is a terrible thing. And you've always, you've always got to ask yourself, who are you doing it for? Exactly. Spot on. Like you are not the target audience to what I'm trying to put across. Yep. And when we're doing branded stuff and we had it as well, even at Buzzworks when we're suggesting stuff and it's like, that's going to ruin the brand. And it's like, you're, I get it, but you're not the target audience. Mm. This is going to go down a completely different way yeah. to the people you're trying to market to and how you're taking it. Um, so I think it's about taking that away. And I see it a lot on LinkedIn and I love those posts because I think they're so true. Whereas like CEOs being like, nope, don't like that. I don't like it. And people are like, I, don't, I actually don't care what you like. It's not about you. And I love when people but, post that stuff on LinkedIn. I'm like, I wish I had the balls. The, uh, I could never. The, cla the classics are, I showed my wife it. <laughs> right? And I'm like, I don't give a fuck. I don't like, you know, yeah, you know if a 14-year-old daughter thinks this, I could care less what she yeah, thinks. Exactly, it's irrelevant. <laughs> She's so not the target market. Exactly, and, and I guess maybe I'm contradicting myself a little bit because I'm saying, you know, we look to what we want to see on the platform, but we're looking at it from a broad perspective of the general generation. Mm. And I think looking at it from a, a personal subjective element is a complete downfall. But, you know, in terms of just overall tone of voice, which is what I talk about in the video, it's, if you say, okay, this is our tone of voice and it's capped here, you've got all of this, you've got all of this massive world of communication that you're missing out on for what, like for what purpose? Yeah. Nobody from the outside who you're marketing to is going to feel any less way towards your company because you're going slightly further up or you're using, you know, slightly different terminology. They'll love it. Like if you're on TikTok and you're using terms like bestie or girly, or you're putting kisses like sarcastic X's at the end of your sentence, that goes down so much better than just being like, oh, we only use the black heart in reply or, oh, we only, you know, say um, thanks in reply. Like it just, it's just a world of opportunity mm. that the brands that adopt it. And that's why Ryanair and Duolingo are spoken about so much because they're the only ones that adopt it. Yeah. <laughs> Like it would become a non-conversation if everyone just accepted that that's a thing. And everyone's like, how have they done it? And I'm like, really, the crux of it is tone of voice. It's so powerful. Mm. Um, so yeah, the one thing that we're really trying to hone in and I think getting people out of their comfort zones in is ignore your brand guidelines when it comes to TikTok. Yeah. Like, I'll respect them to some extent, but if you're telling me we're not going to be able to use, you know, the classic community element, you're not really going to use TikTok to the full extent. Mm. Just to follow on from that, like quickly as well, I think it's it's just a difference in people come people can tell the difference between a heavily branded 
language and message and way of talking and authenticity. And you think about the audience on TikTok and Gen Z and what their kind of general values are like, they care more now about who they're buying from and who they're paying attention to more than ever and what that brand kind of stands for and all that sort of stuff. And like, you might not seem like much, but just showing that authentic side does go a long way to then them buying into all these other values that you might have, Mm. but it all stems from authenticity. It doesn't come from, you know, just shoveling buzzwords and and key marketing phrases down them on pieces of content. Like it's just not going to work that way. People can spot that a mile off. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's just, that's the main thing about TikTok to me is just, it's the, you've just got to be yourself really. Yeah. Well, I think it is that kind of natural, not overthinking how you respond or what you do. You know, it's that real sort of human element. And then, what about the options on TikTok then? You know, whether it's paid or whether it's organic. Um, and also I think it's important to say if someone, because this just came up a few times when I've discussed you with various people and they've said, oh, do they do the dances then? Do they do the videos? And I'm like, no. So I think it's important to say that you would, you know, look at an overall strategy and then you would work with, the client to see maybe if they're doing something as well, maybe, or you need certain stuff from them, but also more importantly, you're, you're mainly working with the content creators. Um, you know, they, they, they do part of it. Um, but I don't know, is there any other part of that kind of worth saying? I just thought it was just somebody said it to me today, actually, when I was, I was talking about, you know, like, Oh, do they do the dance? And I was like, no, they thought you were some sort of diversity dance troupe. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of the day, you can kind of split it down into three, main pillars you've got your organic strategy a creator strategy and a page strategy mm. and it's like how are you going to embed yourself what's your organic format's going to be what's going to be your bread and butter content on the platform that you can create in-house or we'll create kind of with you um so, exa- create- so examples of that would be the market manager um doing a wee shot of the venue with some captions and is that kind of thing is that yeah, what you're also, yeah it's just what what can you show off about your company, your brand mm. um, in in a fun and exciting way? Like if it's a hospitality brand, can you go can you do behind the scenes tours? Can you do some cocktail making? Can you do some recipe stuff? Can you kind of, there's so many different options you can do. It's just, what is, what is it about what you do that could be interesting to someone else? It's kind of that simple. Like, and you just make that into interesting formats or interesting um, kind of pieces of content based on what's, done well elsewhere on the platform and and all that kind of stuff um and then from a creator's perspective it's who aligns who's making great content that's within the space who's not only getting loads of views but whose engagement is really up like i think engagement on tiktok is kind of a lot more important than views in my opinion um that's kind of a telltale sign because the way the algorithm works anyone can in theory get a million views off one video doesn't mean they've got an engaged audience that kind of you know give a shit about what they have to say what they yeah, have yeah, to promote yeah. or anything like that so that finding people that align with you have something cool to offer have an engaged audience and then paid is yeah just trying to broaden your message get that out to the right people because i said there's a massive user base mm-hmm. um there's you know there's there's an audience for everyone out there the whole tiktok as a whole is built around niche audiences. It's not one big audience all consuming the same content. It's yeah. lots of different niche audiences all coming together. Um, I think that's so an yeah. important point though on, on the on the sort of micro audiences. And 
you know, I think I saw, you know, a couple of videos on TikTok, maybe I was listening to a podcast about it, and they were saying, you know, the niche, it's almost like podcast, the niche are the better. Mm-hmm. In a way, you know, you've got a lot more sort of traction, you know, from, from, from doing that. Because, because it's authentic. It's, it's If you go to a massive creator with, you know, 20 million followers and they're a household name, and then they're trying to sell you a biscuit and they're yeah. telling you, oh, this is the only biscuit I'm ever going to eat. It's like, well, that's just so yeah, inauthentic. Yeah, yeah. Whereas if you've got, let's say a hospitality brand and you're going to someone who's already creating hospitality content, you know that what they're saying and what they're is, you know, believable and, and kind of from the heart and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And what about paid then? What are the options within paid? So, so the kind of most common one is spark ads. So that's where you open up the platform and on your for you page, you scroll down and the fourth video is it just, it's just a normal TikTok video. It's amplifying a already existing video on the platform. Um, just to a wider audience in its kind of natural state. That's the most common one. That's what we tend to use most of the time. And then outside of that, you've got your, if you're going to TikTok directly, you've got things like top view ads, which is when you first open up the the app, it will just be a fully full screen ad or, or video promoting mm-hmm. a certain thing. Um, you've got one day maxes, which is that for kind of the main message you get to an entire population for one day. And then branded hashtag challenges is the big ones that we've done um, with a client, which was great. Um, And how much? How much is it? It's eye-watering, isn't it? It's a lot. It's a lot. It was at at peak times, it's north of about 220K, I think it was. So six days. (laughs) But with that though, well, listen, that's not too bad. If you go back to pre-pandemic and all the rest of it, and you had a cover wrap on the Metro, Mm-hmm. And it was only one day, and actually it's only really one day part because you don't really read the Metro in the afternoon, do you? So, mm-hmm. you know, that was done. From an imp- impression point of view, like that hashtag that we produced ended up getting over, was it three, four billion? Billion. Billion four views million. associated Jesus with, Christ. That, with that So hashtag. when you break down the value of what you're getting, like that client in particular saw a 40% uplift in sales just over the Christmas period, and that hashtag had a huge contribution factor to that. So whilst, yes, it's a shit ton of money, actually you're getting a huge, huge, huge um, platform within a massive audience that are all getting involved in one particular thing. Like the power of it is un- unmatched. Did you way. come up with the hashtag challenge? Like what what you did? Yeah, we did the whole thing. We did the, the words, the, the challenge in general, the pitch that week. Can you see what it is? You can't see what it is. Yeah, of course we can. We can't. We what is it? We'll talk about like the general challenge, um, but Matt and I got approached in week three of Antler and it was just the most nuts time. It came out of nowhere. They were like, uh, we're, we're an agency and we've got this briefing. We want to do TikTok, but we like, you know, don't really have the capacity. Can you guys come on and do it? And we were like, yeah, sure. Um, so we worked with them on it, but we put together the, the pitch. Um, we spent a whole day. We In one day, we found a music producer who created an example sound. I created an example video. We embedded it in the pitch. Matt, Matt and I went along to the pitch. So that was the Monday. We were pitching on Wednesday. And by Friday, we'd won it. Um, and then after like a week, we had you know refined what that overall challenge looked like. So it was hashtag I'm the main character. And it was a luxury clothes brand. And we were building, you know, working with the top fashion creators. We worked with Olivia Neal, who was who was like the most relevant person in in the lifestyle sector on TikTok right now. Um, And we had, uh, yeah, 30 organic videos. We were running their TikTok channel for three months. 
Um, we went up to Leicester, to their stores in Southampton, to London, uh, shooting organic content with various other creators. Um, and yeah, across their channel, they had 30 million views. Um, and then by the time we'd finished the overall hashtag challenge, it had 4 billion. So their exposure after not having any real Gen Z, you know, attachment by the end of that three months and realistically by the end of the week, because the hashtag challenge was a week, their scope was unbelievable. So yeah, back end of last year was just a bit of a nuts time. <laughs> that is incredible. That must feel good. It was a great time, yeah. but it was, it was such a learning curve because you know, working with another agency and um, a retail that, you know, works with other than brands on top of that. There's so many lines. So yeah. there was a lot of admin behind it. So, and that, it was great for us to see because obviously I'm used to seeing hashtag challenges and I, you never really think about the work that goes in behind them. But actually, my God, it was the most chaotic three months. Yeah. <laughs> but it was so worth it because we kept thinking like it's stressful now, but in a month's time or a few days time, we'll just see the results. And the results were outstanding. Like they yeah. had 280,000 UGCs made to their hashtag. Um, they had a bespoke sound. Like it was, it was a beautiful time. It was really, really special. So it's actually. a quid, you know, it's pretty much less than a quid a skull, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Jeez. Oh, there's me feeling proud about 900 CVs. No, Buzzworks was a different. <laughs> the beauty with Buzzworks was that it meant so much to so many people. Oh, it was huge. Like it was, yeah. it was, it was like a personal feat, really, across yeah. the board, wasn't it? Like Matt and I had just started. You'd taken a gamble on us. Kenny was like, "We've just got to give something a go." Like it was right. such a personal thing. So yeah. actually, that one was like the most treasured time of last year because yeah. it was just really special. Like we'd all come together and we all wanted the same thing, and it, and it worked, yeah. and it was completely out the bag and yeah it was it was really amazing and also just on the buzzbox one just to say we, we didn't talk about schaefer Bates. um <laughs> so schaefer if, if anyone knows him if not do check him out um incredible you know content creator actor uh you know impressionist and, and things like that but uh yeah he did his gordon ramsay skit so um i think that went down incredibly well you know um we should definitely definitely send we should definitely send it to um Angela Hartnett, she's coming on the podcast soon, actually. Um, but uh, she used to work with Gordon, uh, Gordon years ago. Um, so, yeah, I should actually send it to her and see what she thinks. But, um, but yes, that was brilliant. Right, well, a couple of other things then. So, in terms of hospitality businesses then, how could they get involved with someone like you? You know, because I think they'll be going, God, that sounds expensive and things like this. So, you know... What should they be planning in terms of their budgets to put into something like TikTok to get some support? I mean, Matt's best place to answer this, but just as a sideline, the 200k is absolute top end. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Pure maximum. So yeah. anybody that's, you know, wincing at it, don't be afraid. That is the pure, pure maximum. But yeah, Matt, go for it. I mean, it's the first question we always ask is, what do you want out of, what do you want to get out of it? You know, um, if you just want... We can start, you can start producing content. Some people just want, you know, they've got a content team in-house already producing stuff for other social channels. They just need a hand in the right direction for wrapping their head around TikTok and what sort of content they should be making. Um, so there's that level of, of kind of work that we do there. But then there's also the account management side. So, you know, we, yeah, we'll take over, we'll run the account for you, produce the content, work with you to hone in on formats. And I think one thing that we also always say, or Vic always says, is that, you know, the first format is not going to be your last. Mm. Um, what, what you're producing now is not going to be 
what you're producing in a year's time because the, the platform will move on. And that kind of goes back to your point before about brands being a little bit scared of, of jumping on the platform because they're seeing who, you know, what, what Duolingo, what Ryanair are doing. And they're like, oh, that's not us. So it's like, yeah, but that's not going to be them in a year's time, let alone whether it's going to be you. Yeah. So, you know, there's no better time to jump on it than now. Yeah. Um, but then again, it's, so yeah, it really does scale up. It's, you know, if you want to just start posting a few videos a week just to get, see, start building an audience, get a feel for the platform, um, you can do that. And then that scales all the way up to, you know, you want to make a, a massive splash and, and get your name in front of everyone in the country. So it kind of, it really does, uh, it depends what you want to get out of it and what, how quickly, to be honest. Yeah. And then what about um, the last couple of years then? So what have you sort of learned, you know, over the, the COVID period and then starting your business and, you know, what were the biggest challenges you faced? And I think we were talking off mic about you actually being bosses as well and leaders, um, which is interesting. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it'd be good to know a wee bit about that because it will be inspiring for a lot of people because you did say, screw it, let's do it. And you left stable jobs that were good jobs, mm. you know, and you threw caution to the wind and went for it, which seems scary. So yeah, anything around that would be interesting, I think, for people. Do you want to go first, Vic? So Antler was your idea. I absolutely bullied you into it. There's no <laughs> <laughs> why, why is it called Antler? Oh, oh <laughs> the story of how Antler was born is actually hilarious because we're just useless. Right. <laughs> Basically, so, yeah, this vision came around, as we spoke about in the beginning of the podcast. Anybody who's listening to this point, hats off to you, because it's good effort from their part. Um, we I'd said to Matt, I've got this vision. Like, neither of us are overjoyed with the position we're at. You're right, it was a brilliant job. It was stable, and it was secure. And, you know, we enjoyed, for the most part, what we were doing. But in terms of growth aspect, we were working at a different speed on a personal level than mm. the company could cater for, which is completely fine. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, when we're working at the pace of TikTok, everything's got to happen a little bit faster. Um, and that's certainly how I was, had trained my brain to be in the last six years. So, yeah, just kind of said to Matt, like, we work amazingly as a team. We were very, very, um, you know, on the same track at Jungle. We, we were super collaborative. Like I was on TikTok, he was YouTube. YouTube Shorts came in. We worked together even more. Um, we were working cross-brand, you know, on a, on a market ability. So we were working really, really closely together. And, and I've never worked with somebody as well as Matt. Like, we are two different ends of the spectrum in terms of what we bring to the table. You like, think? Oh, my God, I've never <laughs> met somebody really. so opposite. No, I know. <laughs> we, were, we, were, we, were driving to, we were driving to a shoot, like a while ago, the Leicester one. And we just sat in the car and we just had a moment where we were like, do we have anything in common? <laughs> no. like, why are we friends? <laughs> we were just there like, I hate everything you like. I don't yeah. want but it just works. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's, no, you, you know, there's like, opposites attract. And, you know, we just work so well. We complement each other really well. And I was like, Matt, if you don't come on board, you know, we're not going to be friends. <laughs> and then Antler came back because we went to the pub. Um, we both handed in our resignation and we were like, right, we've got a month now. We need to register the company. We need to, we've had, you know, you were reaching out to us. We were like, we've got people that are interested. Mm. We need to hand out decks, but we can't hand out a deck that's not branded. If we don't have a brand, then we don't have a deck and we don't have a name. We don't have colors. We don't have design. Like we don't have anything. The least important part of any business is the name. It's just, it's just a means to an end at that point, isn't it? Like you just got to get it out of the way and it will have a ring to it eventually. Like Twitter meant nothing and it still means nothing, but now it's amazing. So mm. 
we were just like, let's just figure it out. So we sat at the pub for about two hours and we had Wikipedia up and we were looking at colours, food and animals. And we were going through every colour name, every food name, every animal name. I'm still upset that our agency is not called Frog, honestly. Like I was really set on that. Frog. I think that's hilarious. Imagine just being like, I'm working with Frog. Frog. <laughs> joke. <laughs> but um, yeah, and then we slept on it and then Matt popped up and he was like, we're both from Surrey. What represents Surrey? It's probably like, you know, the National Park and... And you've got like deer. So is there anything related to that? And he was going deer and vixen. And I was like, vixen sounds like <laughs> website. I don't like vixen. Well, that's his sexy meal stripping yeah, business. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> Vixen is yeah. very like porn. Like, I was like, we can't do that. Um, and then it, we landed on stag, but we were like, stag has a connotation. I was like, yeah. antler is quite nice. And then we were like, ooh. Yeah. Know. Yeah. And it just stuck. Like, yeah. it's just not important. It just, it you know, it works it becomes its own once the business grows. So yeah. and, and th thanks thanks as well for bashing another part of how I make no. money <laughs> which is coming up with names for things. No, I love names for things. I think they come into their <laughs> They're own. They're very important like, and you should are. pay a lot of money to get them <laughs> from me. I'm never getting back invited on this, on this podcast ever again, am I? <laughs> yeah, happen. I'm just like sitting in thesaurus going, I'm going to send an invoice out soon. <laughs> <laughs> No, what I mean is just to get started, like it was just such a stump and I was like, we can't, yeah. really we've got shit to do. You've it's just like got to get it done. I mean, I, I I buy that. You know, I think it is, you know, there are some meanings behind them and, and there are some that eventually, it'll, you know, Carphone yeah. Warehouse is always the classic example. You know, it's it's neither. Um, exactly. so it just, it, it means what it means to people eventually when they experience it. So no, exactly. it, and, and also I think sometimes in agency land, depends how big you're going to grow it. But I think it's such a personal thing. Like, I mean, obviously I'm super sorry, but I think it's more, it's, have you spoke to him rather than are you going to super sorry? Like it just, you know, but yeah, I think it's just one of these, one of these things, but no, that, that, that makes total sense. And then what about hiring people? And um, you had an interesting point about experience, which I thought was fun, you know, no experience necessary. Yeah, well, we just—I think we just thought we we got to the point where we needed extra hands um, to come join the team. We thought, okay, well, who do we want? Like, we don't need that much experience with TikTok from an agency side, or to have worked on branded stuff before, or anything like that. At the end of the day, what we were just most keen for was a keenness, like a like a really sort of hunger for um, TikTok and social media space and yeah I just it was it's was far more to be like an attitude thing rather than a like I don't really care about your CV <laughs> at mm. this point um it's not really necessary um, did we, and, we, shunned, we shunned CVs didn't we when we looked out for you we were don't send us your CV I don't care yeah ah. so the, the, we got um application so Amy was our, our first hire sent in the best like application video I think I've ever seen it was like how, so how do you get to do application videos and I don't <laughs> oh, I applied for Jungle with an application video. I've never handed out a CV. I think they're a waste of time. I'm well on this hype with you, Mark. I think, it's, I think they're so backwards. Oh, I, I, I think the video thing could be massive. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Anyway, just, sorry, Mark. Just, no, that just showed to us, like, it was like three minutes long. It was hilarious. It's edited in a way that we could tell she gets TikTok yeah. from it, which yeah. was the main thing we were looking for. Um and we just thought, right, brilliant. When could you start? <laughs> yeah. It was brilliant. It's been, yeah, it's just great since then, really. And rules of leadership management are, what are you finding out? 
I've got no rules um, <laughs> in terms of I'm still figuring those ones out. Um, I think, well, I mean, our rules are be completely honest. Mm. Like we've made it very clear from the get go. If you're ever in a position where you're doing something that doesn't excite you or it's, it becomes like a chore and you don't love it, like we've made it clear, yes, in every job role, there is going to be stuff that perhaps you don't feel as gassed about. But if that becomes your whole job role, that's a problem. And if we, if we, value them which we do we've got amber and amy and they're both exceptional exceptional hires so um, starting with an e is is a prerequisite yes. to match antler as well oh, okay right yeah, yeah. that's me screwed if you can use like iMovie a little bit and you, you know you begin with an a you're in um, but yeah we were just like if you're ever unhappy or if there's ever something like we want you to be able to feel like you can come to us with stuff my worst mm. nightmare would be somebody left and i had no idea they were even remotely unhappy yeah um like that's a personal thing, right? We've, we're such a small team. It's such a family that they're, they're so vital to the growth of our business. Mm-hmm. And we've had an amazing start, but it, we really couldn't have done it without them. Yeah. Um, and, the, you know, the speed at which stuff has changed, like we look at our decks in the first week versus now, like they make me want to throw up. Like, and oh, that's yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're amazing. So, you know, we want to show them that they're valued in that sense and always give them feedback. And I think something that was great in the early starts was we had another um, client come on board and they were, they were a really big deal for us back end of last year it was like a one month growth thing on tiktok and we gave it to amy she'd she only been with us for a month and we went you're gonna lead it like we're just gonna throw you in the deep end it's your baby go for it like mm. you i trust you we'll be there to help but for the most part let's see what you can do and and to be fair it was one of our best things of like, like yeah it was brilliant like it couldn't have gone better yeah. to us and it's, um, it's, it's funny you're saying this right and so i put up i don't know if you saw the other day i, I put up quite an emotional post about lastminute.com when, when i used to work there and I did see that. Yeah, French, right? well, just randomly, I was in a pub in Brighton, and uh, it's the one next to my flat, and someone came in, oh, sorry, I got, got in, and someone says, oh, you've got to come round here because of someone you know. And anyway, it was a lady called Cully that I used to work with, you know, forever ago. And it just, you know, so many emotions, you know, seeing her, and, you know, the best job I've ever had, hands down. But you two are reminding me of that, in that, a, Brent and Martha were a real formidable partnership and, you know, sort of changed the world forever with what they did. But also, they just hired great young people that I was lucky to be part of, but they just let you run with stuff. They, they, no one was telling you, this is how you do this or you must do it that way or, you know, and, and some of your days were like, who would like to create an Ibiza music cd that'll go in the front of fhm me you know i'll do that I, have you got any idea how to do that? Well, of course not you know but you just figured it out and i think many many more places could do with a bit of that where they just let people go let people make mistakes what's and, the worst that can happen yeah well? i mean eventually like you're not gonna die it's fine and eventually it'll, they'll make less mistakes, you know, and, and, and you've got their back and everything. But I think yeah, it was just, you know, really reminding me of that. Like, that's the best way. And, and I think, you know, Gabby that, you know, produces a show and, and things like that. Hopefully I was like that with her, you know, when she worked with us at Spectacular, you know, where you just didn't bother them. You just said you know, would you like to do this? You know, can you go off and do it? But we were discussing off mic as well how bad we are at delegating. And actually, mm-hmm. we end up taking work off the person that sort of works for you. You know, not that it's like that works for you, but works with you. But, you know, and you're like, oh God, I've now got more things in there. <laughs> They're going home early, you know? 
Um, but anyway, it's it's all it's all a learning. It's all a learning. I think that's a that's a struggle that we, me and Vic, definitely both have because I think fundamentally, although we have a lot of difference, I I think we're both fundamentally control freaks. Oh yeah. <laughs> Which, um. So then the idea of having to like hand off these projects, um, uh, to Amber and Amy is is almost. I, I was worried about how we were going to handle that to begin mm. with, but they've been. That's a testament to how great they've been. Like haven't had to worry about it at all like they've just, just proved themselves to be yeah. so um just so great at it that yeah. It, it, it's yeah it's that's great. good that's good well hopefully I'll, I'll be getting to work with them soon do you know i've just realized the time that's terrible we're, we're about 10 minutes over where we were meant to be so um let's wrap up then and so i was just going to say before we do the fun bit is just to say thank you um for all your help on hospitality rising as well um hopefully we'll get this one away um we're nearly at half our sort of base camp uh, level in terms of what we're trying to raise. So if we can get it to go and then you're going to be a big part of that media plan, you know, to, to really get into the 16 to, to 24 year olds for sure. Um, and under, under 30s as well, you know, so I think it's going to be a whole load of fun. Um, I think it's going to be amazing. So it'll be cool. So let's see if we can get that to happen. So a couple of things then, I was just going to ask you and be interested to see if your answers have changed as well. Like, <laughs> Um, so a bit of fun, mark out of 10, we do at the end, and um, I was, well, I'll ask each of you the same question you can answer, but quick fire, best city to eat in, and let's not do London. Singapore. Uh-huh. Hong Kong. Oh, okay, same neck, well, you almost get that in common, it's close, <laughs> it's close. Um, you could talk about that in your car, the next car journey. <laughs> yeah, we'll argue uh, about it. <laughs> and then best restaurant. That can be anywhere. God, that's so hard. Oh, Fat Duck. Easy. Whoa, good one. Unbelievable. Uh-huh. Uh, Joy Indian Services. <laughs> I'm sensing where the differences lie. Matt! <laughs> Matt's the person that didn't know who Cafe Rouge was, though. <laughs> We've really, he's come on a long way. Who is like, this Cafe Rogue? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think I said the word dim sum to him when he was like, who's dim sum? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Ah. Does Ciro play for Chelsea? Um, okay. Best dish or meal? What's your favourite go-to thing? It's got to be a curry. Uh, in Surbiton? <laughs> no, actually. It's golden curry and he shows the top one. Same. Ah, nice. Yeah. What, 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 what curry would you go for though? Oh, I'm basic, bitch. Uh huh. Chicken masala, 100%. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. Uh huh. Uh, Matt? I kind of, I was going to say curry, but I kind of don't want to now. Yeah, you can <laughs> do it. You can I'm do it. I'm overdoing the, the Indian thing. Oh. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to go for a curry, but I'm going to go for um, a prawn madras. Oh. King prawn madras, the one. Prawn. Interesting. Interesting. That's the bloke though that makes himself a mackerel omelette. So like, let's not take no, it. No, 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 no. That happened once. <laughs> it's disgusting. You just shamed yourself. <laughs> Desperate times. Mackerel <laughs> omelette is grim. And then alcoholic drinks. If you drink alcohol, what's your go-to? Oh, I'm so basic. Any old lager. Is it? <laughs> I'm so basic. What, just carling? Or whatever, okay, Foster's? No, okay, a little bit above that. <laughs> just whatever you've got on draft that's not Carling or Foster's. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, you're um, not going to get there as clients in, you fucked that, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I might edit that out, yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, Vic? 
Big bottle of wine, white wine. Big or, bottle of wine. What does that mean? One, like, one liter. With a straw, yeah. <laughs> See, I'm right or, into white wine just now. <gasps> Shenin. Right. Dogs bollocks. Shenin's right. the best. It's so good. And a grasshopper cocktail. Oh, like I know. In a glass. Yeah. Yeah, I think we talked about that when we went out for dinner. What what was in it? What's the constituent parts? Just so everyone knows, grasshopper, it's creme, creme de menthe, de menthe. Uh huh. Creme de cacao. Right. So it's like an lactose intolerant nightmare. Right. <laughs> so good. Yeah, yeah. But worth worth the day in the bathroom the next day. Yes. Good. Excellent. Can confirm that. <laughs> right. Okay, so you can take someone out for dinner. Who who would you be taking? Dead or alive, celeb, <laughs> someone you know. <laughs> um. No, Vic, you go first. <laughs> uh, I only know apart from each other and apart from other halves. All right. I'm, I'm going Bruce Springsteen. Oh, God. You know, Tom at Pizza Pilgrims will be very happy with you. He's, he's an absolute Bruce. He's, he's got a Bruce Springsteen club night. Really? Oh, Aye. where's that? I'll find out. I'll put you in touch with I'm, Tom. I'm there. Right. I'm there. Yeah, yeah. Nice one. Vic? I think it'd be either. Jenna Marbles or KSI? Two I of my favourite creators on the planet. I don't know Jenna Marbles. Oh my God. I know. Mark, I'm sorry. I'll, 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 I'll look it up. I'll put a she, link she to left, them. She left YouTube. It's It was the saddest day of my life, which says oh. a lot. <laughs> what, what, is, what does she do now then? I don't know. She just was like, I'm leaving I'm YouTube. done. Over and out. Yeah. And it was a really sad day, but she was like an absolute like inspiration to me from when I was about 12 years old. Oh, amazing, amazing, amazing creator. But then KSI is just fucking great. Oh, he's excellent. Yeah. I love it. Love it. Just think they're jokes. Yeah. Nice. All right. Well, listen, I'll love you and leave you. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. It's been amazing. A great chat and people have learned loads as well. And obviously I'll put how to get in touch with you if anyone fancies it for a 220 grand hashtag challenge <laughs> well thanks for having us that real pleasure Absolutely real pleasure I need to start like getting gifts done like when you used to go in Soccer AM if you'd been on three times you got a signed football like in a glass case so we need to I need to golden headphones or so I don't know we'll come up with something um, but yeah <laughs> there's not many not many people time, not many people got on twice that's for sure so brilliant okay have a great weekend um, enjoy yourselves and no doubt I'll catch up with you next week sounds perfect Cheers, Mark. Cheers. Okay, so there you have it. Vic and Matt, TikTok, Antler Social. Hope you were listening. Hope you were taking notes. And I hope you got a lot out of it. Massive thanks to you for listening. It's always great to have you along. Obviously, it'd be a bit pointless if you weren't. The numbers are still continuing to go up. So, so pleased with that. Seeing as in the in and out of the charts. And if you could just tell one more person every single week that this podcast exists, we'd be forever grateful. Thanks to our new sponsors, Tip Jar, for all they're doing to help support us. Thank you so much. And again, do check out Tip Jar for this new age way, next gen tipping to really please and delight your staff and make it easy for customers to show their appreciation. Thanks to Saved by Robots also, just blown away with them every week with everything they do for Hospitality Rising and seeing their client work. So do get in touch with Paul at savedbyrobots.com if you need any design work, brand thinking, or just a wee chat with someone that sounds exactly like me. Thanks to Gaz and Gabby, as ever, for putting the podcast together. Hopefully this wasn't too much of a task this week. I think it was fairly easy editing-wise because most of it was pure gold. 
So this is me, Mark McSee, signing off. Bless you. Thanks so much for listening. I hope that this episode has brought you the value, the insight, and the information that you need to make your brand boom.